lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Happy Friday. Thanks for tuning in here today live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. I am Steve Dace. Aaron McIntyre. Todd Erzin is here as well as our old friend Shannon Joy, New York talk show host, is back and live from quarantine. She'll be joining us here in a moment for the Dace Group. 888-900-3393 is the number. That's 888-900-3393. Steve at SteveDace.com is how you can email us. That's D-E-A-C-E. You can like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. Gentlemen, our Facebook page is hopping right now, by the way. We had like two likes yesterday. I mean, maybe four. I mean, it, 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 there's a buzz on our Facebook page right now, and it is, it's it's palpable. You can also find clips of this show that uh, you can sample or share at YouTube.com slash Steve Dace. That's YouTube.com slash Steve Dace. And also don't forget, if you have yet to become a subscriber to Blaze TV, there has never been a better time. It's the cheapest it's ever been. It's the most important time to become a subscriber as well. Just $5 and change is all it will cost. If you go to BlazeTV.com slash Dace, promo code Steve, that's BlazeTV.com slash Dace, promo code Steve. Feedback Friday is coming your way here next hour. But before we get to all of that, it is time for the Dace Group. Your weekly look at the week that was brought to you by Home Title Lock. You know, when life is in chaos as it is right now, your home is your safe haven, but also your most important asset. But do you truly own it? Don't be so sure. Imagine getting evicted for non-payment of your own loan or a loan you never took out. All right. That's what happened to Deborah, and it's happening everywhere. It's called home title theft. And the FBI calls it one of the fastest growing crime sprees in the country. It's why I'm urging you to get home title locked today because your home's title, its legal title, is kept online and thieves know it. So they can forge your signature on your home's title. And that's it. Legally own your home. And they'll take out loans on it. Your bank doesn't cover you, neither does your insurance. The only way that I know of to avoid this nightmare and possible eviction is with Home Title Lock. Go there right now, HomeTitleLock.com, and register your address to see if you're already a victim at HomeTitleLock.com. And you can use the promo code STEVE for 30 free days of protection to help you get through this crisis. 30 free days of protection when you go to HomeTitleLock.com and use promo code STEVE. Let's get to issue one. Bleep, Democrats say. savings is running out. They don't have another week. They're not getting answers. So their point is the cure can't be worse than the illness itself. What is your response to that? The illness is death. What is worse than death? Somebody commits suicide because they can't pay their bills. Yeah, but the illnesses may be my death as opposed to your death. But when you see a crowd, when you see a line that's not distant, when you see a supermarket that's too crowded, anything, you can report it right away so we can get help there to fix the problem. And now it's as simple as taking a photo. All you gotta do is take the photo and put the location with it and bang, send a photo like this and we will make sure that enforcement comes right away. Economic hardship, yes, very bad, not death. 
Emotional stress from being locked in a house. Very bad. Not death. Uh, um, domestic violence on the increase. Very bad. Not death. When you see a, you know, a political rally, that's what it was yesterday. It's that kind of irresponsible action that puts us in this situation where we might have to actually think about extending stay-home orders. It would almost be sort of more direct and open to just go out and chant, let us infect you, let us infect you, because that's what they're saying. They're saying, we're in a bunch, we're not social distancing, we could be passing this virus around just among us right here, now let us come back to work and infect y'all. And you right. see people with these insta-protests paid for by activists for the super rich, egging on this kind of activity that could get violent, what, what, what does that say to you? It says to me that, the, that the, the, the president is willing to risk the lives of people who believe in him so that he can uh, have advantages like re-election and things like that. He's literally willing to sacrifice the lives of Americans for a personal gain. They've gone from all lives matter to no lives matter. Uh, these folks are, let's be honest about what they are, they are the Fox News, Nazi Confederate, death cult rump of the Republican Party. What about the effects that are harder to see? What is this pause in the Industrial Revolution doing to the chemistry of our sky? Locals in northern India say they can see the Himalayas for the first time in decades. And there seems to be this perception that maybe the virus has helped humanity buy some time when it comes to global warming. What's what's wrong with that assumption? Um, we'd have to keep doing this even more and do it for the next 30 years to really begin to bend the curve on the greenhouse gases in the atmosphere. A lot of people have asked me um, what implications that this has for climate change. And, uh, and when it comes to the dollar figure, I think for both of these issues, I don't think that we can, that there's a, a figure that we can look at right now that's that is too much well if any good can come of this allison maybe it's it's an understanding that the climatologists who are warning about the invisible enemy up in our sky and in our seas maybe we should take them seriously too that was keith ellison right there was well one thing we are for sure aware of is that keith ellison will have very little concern about rising domestic violence rates Let's get to the first question. What was your favorite whiff of billowing clouds of aromatic coronavirus infested air this week? Shannon, ladies first. Go ahead, Shannon. What say you? Well, coming from New York State, I have to go with the governor of New York and the mayor of New York. So on a side note, you realize it was hilarious. Uh, after uh, de Blasio put out that message that people should send pictures to him to report on their neighbor's regarding the violation of social distancing. He did get thousands of pictures in New York. New Yorkers sent him a lot of FUs, a lot of middle fingers, and a bunch of naughty pics as well. So there was, they had somewhat of a crisis there because New Yorkers are getting fed up with the- not, By the way, our official show position on that story is not approved, but allowed. Not approved, but allowed. We are decriminalizing that particular um, uh, channeling of smut. We we won't prosecute. We're not we're not we're not endorsing it, but we will not prosecute that particular uh, smut peddling. Go ahead, Shannon. Go ahead. Well, and and 
Andrew Cuomo, really with his Marie Antoinette, let them eat cake, completely disconnected moment. One of the reasons that he's coming apart, fellas, is that New Yorkers are protesting. They're on the Capitol steps in Albany. They are in Buffalo. They're in Syracuse. There are protests popping up all over this state. And it's going to culminate with a massive protest, unlike anything I, I think we've ever seen in New York State on May 1st. We are seizing back that commie socialist holiday, May Day, and we're fighting for liberty. And so as we continue to place pressure on Andrew Cuomo, and we are pl placing pressure. There are going to be thousands of cars that are driving to Albany on May 1st, but we are having local protests as well. And we are going hard at our local officials, our sheriffs, our mayors, our me members of local legislatures and state legislatures who are right now hiding behind mommy's skirts and not leading, just essentially rolling out the 23 executive orders that Andrew Cuomo put in place over the past 30 days with no legislature in session. This is the true manifestation of a dictator dictatorship in New York. And so it all came together in that one moment with Andrew Cuomo where he is staring in the face of people who are suffering in this state and has complete disregard for them. It's absolutely absurd. It's insane. The fact that he is calling COVID-19 death, the reality now that we know from all of the major studies is that 99% of people will be just fine if they get COVID-19. It is, it is not fatal for the vast majority of the population. So he is scrambling, he is lying. And so for me, that was, that was my favorite because it so accurately described the disdain that he has for the people of New York State. He could care less about their suffering. Agree with you there. We talked about it yesterday. And this is a guy whose political star has absolutely risen. Whether you like him or not, that's not, uh, to me, that's indisputable. But I thought that clip yesterday, it, listen, if he wants to be governor of New York, that's what a lot of blue New York thinks about people like you, Shannon, and the rest of the country. So that probably will do him well in blue New York. But if, your if, if, if he wanted to be on a national ticket in the next six months, that clip is, is, is toxic uh, for all the reasons that you just said. Yeah, and not now. I'm telling you right now, New York is is bubbling over okay. and that clip i'm telling you right now i haven't seen anything begin to really galvanize people people are severely suffering and I, I could go into stories about what is happening in our hospitals in our funeral homes in the nursing homes and in, in new york it's disgusting it's evil what they're doing right now in this state and and if there is to be a national movement, I, I truly believe that it can start amazingly in New York State. But the reason is because the tyranny is so intense here. Hmm. And so, they're, you know, they're pushing us to a limit right now where people are fed up. OK. Good to know. Todd. Mm -hmm. Uh, for me, it's uh, Ocasio-Cortez there. You know, she's been on a lot of angry rants, but in that, I love that scene. She is like like the the 13-year-old girl who, who just met, like, the boy toy of her dreams at, after the concert or something like that. I mean, the wide-eyed optimism. There's there's no price too high for what's happened. She's so excited about this. All her dreams are coming true. It's like Bane is living in her head. There's that scene at the beginning of The Dark Knight Rises where Bane is first introduced and one of his little minions, have we lit the fire, master? He's like, oh, the fire rises. That's what's going on inside her head. She's like, it's happening. Hercules, Hercules. Ta wow. Aaron, top that. 
Um, By the way, Aaron, I owe an apology. The days are running together. I forgot Friday's Todd's day. Yeah. I should have made him go last. Yeah. I won't make that mistake again. My apologies. Uh, okay. Go ahead, Aaron. Yeah, I, I would say, uh, what's his face from CNN for doing that uh, climate change report? I don't even know who that guy is. Uh, Bill, I think, is it Bill somebody? I don't know. Whatever his name is, he's been around for a long time. He's saying and interviewing the climatologist, and, and his conclusion after all of that was, well, maybe this disaster which has caused 22 million people in the U.S. alone to lose a job. Maybe this disaster will cause some people to think, hey, maybe the climatologists were right. <laughs> yes, please, Moss, Moss, please. Not no Moss, Moss. We want more of that, please. That, that would be nothing but the best right there. Hey, I, I hear you can see the sea life in the Hudson now. Yeah, I'm going to throw a peanut butter sandwich at your face. <laughs> Hard to believe that was almost exactly a year ago. Yep. Let's get to the exit question on a scale of 1 to 10, with 1 representing Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer's respect for the Constitution, but 10 representing, frankly, how hot she still is. Rate this week's <laughs> level of total depravity. Aaron. Uh, uh, negative 5. The dude code still must recognize, still has to recognize, all right? I mean, even even tyrants get called up for being on fleek, man. All right, that's the dude code. The dude code demands it. Go ahead, Todd. <laughs> ten. All right, Shannon, what do you think? Hailing from New York, it's a ten. It's a definitely. I'm, I'm constantly at a ten. It's definitely a ten. Let's get to issue two. Don't know much about serology. Last Friday, Stanford University released its much-anticipated serology study for Santa Clara County, California. A serological study is used to determine the general prevalence of a specific disease or virus, in this case, COVID-19. The Stanford study tested over 3,000 blood samples from Santa Clara County and determined that between 2.5 and 4.2 percent of its population have had and recovered from the Wuhan coronavirus. The study was the first major American study of its kind, but this week, more studies have flooded in. Within the metro of Boston, Massachusetts, lies the town of Chelsea. A serological survey of 200 people there found upwards of one-third of its population already have antibodies to the virus. A survey of San Miguel County, Colorado, found that 2% of its rural remote population have antibodies. Later in the week, New York State, the epicenter of the U.S. epidemic, released the findings of their serology study. It found nearly 14% of the total population of New York State already has antibodies to the coronavirus. More specifically, New York City had a seroprevalence of 21.2%, meaning one in five people in the largest city in America have antibodies to the virus. Long Island and Westchester averaged about 13 or 14%, while the rest of the state sat around 3.6%. These surveys largely echo international serological tests from Germany, the Netherlands, Iceland, and Italy, and other locales, showing a prevalence of antibodies ranging from 2% to 30%. The bottom line is this, if any or all of these tests are inaccurate, one thing remains true. They're all missing in the same direction. The Wuhan coronavirus is much more widespread and therefore much less deadly than the implied fatality rate from confirmed diagnoses. France released a serology test last night, the first one out of their country, too. And they did a high school. And what they found, it, because they, they, they did a large high school in order to get a random uh, generational survey, 25% came back for antibodies in the, uh, the French serology exam as well. So the first question, can you come up with a good reason, Todd? 
a good reason why the White House Coronavirus Task Force has not made national antibody testing a top priority. That, that is, to me, one of the great mysteries of this. Now, I will, I will I, let me disclose this to the audience. I know of firsthand other states that have not reported it yet are doing serology tests. Virginia, I will tell you, is one of them. All right? So I know this firsthand. So there, there's more of this going on under the radar than we are being led to believe. But why wouldn't there have been, and, and even if you want to do it on a state-by-state -state basis, why wouldn't you want to have a, a, a national effort to at least promote the states to do this, not make it one of your top priorities? Can you give me a good answer to this? Well, yeah, I can give you the answer. Is there, is there one yeah. that won't make me want to hurt somebody well, after no. you give it to me? No, I mean, we've talked about this a little bit before off air, and it's not going to be surprising to me. It's like you love the show as I do, Lost. And right now, my uh, oldest two daughters and my wife and I were right at the end. We got like seven episodes left or something. But that last step, you, you remember these people that have been through this thing. Uh, they they are in that world where they know each other, but they can't recognize each other. Mm -hmm. This is that's what this is like when it, when it comes to the world of uh hospitalization medicalization vaccination they, they, they've been raised so long in a world that it's simply because of vaccination cradle to grave the, the notion that the body can endure this without a vaccine it can heal itself it actually does in most cases it they can't see it they won't see it it and that having that conversation now is a very very good thing and we just had a doctor on uh yesterday who recognized in much in many ways he talked about we've rejected Dr. scott atlas yes, from stanford university he just kept yep. saying we've rejected fundamentals and basics and he didn't specifically address what i'm talking about right now but this is a long time fundamental and basic about how we didn't have vaccines back in the black plague and the black plague was way way worse than this but if people couldn't endure this on their own the human species would have been wiped out even worse we these serology tests are simply showing what medical science has been in the dark about for the last 100 years when we thought we were getting smarter it it is just beyond belief to them that the human body has the capacity to endure this on its own even the smartest of people the level of blinders they've had on they've been going down a tunnel of one kind for so long that this, these serology tests are, are really like that in Lost, where all of a sudden the light turns on and like, what? Right, so are you crazy? I, I, this is I don't want to get into because this because to me the serology thing is the big thing, but that, the vaccination debate does somewhat play into this from a yeah. from a from a mindset standpoint, according That's to what it. you were it's just saying, which, which is the default setting is pour all of our resources right away yes. into finding a way that we can immunize this right. With with a vaccine, 
right? How else do as you a, say a, and then, 18 months will wait until then? That's and, the only reason. And then after you do after you do this for a few weeks and find out how fast this virus mutates in yes. real time, and you start seeing those spy, sky, skyrocketing unemployment claims and the protests and everything else, you're suddenly now cornered and you're like, well, is there, an, is there another way out of this? Okay, and that's when you almost kind of just stumble upon the first step you probably should have taken anyway. Is that kind of what the the rationale that you're articulating? Well, and I hope it goes so far, but it's the reason why it's this is being spearheaded in other places. It's not the tip of the spear uh, there in Washington, D.C. Fortunately, and it's beyond belief to me. That we're getting the level of, as you said, that it's not just one crackpot in no. Stanford. It is Stanford University. I mean, if, if, did you guys see the serology exams of the Diamond Princess and that uh, Navy naval warship are almost exactly yeah. the same? Did you see that? No. I mean, and the demographics could not be different. I think one was at 20% and one was at 18 or something mm-hmm. like that. I mean, in terms of infection, you're talking about young, healthy men compared to who typically is on a cruise liner. And the antibody rate was almost exactly the same on, the, on that naval ship compared to the Diamond Princess. People People are just, they're waking up because they have to. And it's breathtaking to watch from my perspective. What do you think, Karen? Yeah, so I, I really can't think of a of a good reason other than, other than tunnel vision. Because you look at the psychology of, of the people, mainly Dr. Fauci and Dr. Burks, and I'm giving them all of the benefit of the doubt here, especially Fauci, who I don't think really deserves it at this point. But you look at what they've been saying publicly. And the type of psychology, and again, I don't want to psychoanalyze, but just saying as a general rule, when you go from in January saying this is no big deal to February saying this is uh, probably going to be no bigger than the seasonal flu to March saying lock everything down, 2.2 million could die if we don't. If you look at the, if if, if anybody has that big of a break in how they think, you are something is something has changed in the way you think. And so I think what changed is we are in a reactionary phase. And you've seen that every step of the way. You've seen that every step of the way with these guidelines. We are in reaction, 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 reaction. And they're not even thinking about the big picture. I really think it is. It could just be that simple. And that's not a good reason. I think that's just the tunnel vision. That I agree we're with that. Here. I agree with that. I just I agree with that to a point. How many more of these serology tests, though, do we have to take and, and get the results back where that stops, do you think, Aaron? At what point does the adulting begin? At what point does the volume of data become so overwhelming that, that somebody sitting over there at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue who actually is making the decisions on this and, and speaking in front of the cameras every day takes a deep breath and says, um, maybe we should change course. How many more of these serology? T- I, you know, I would, 17 I would more, say, 28 more, yeah, I, I would 39. say when Cornelius Fudge actually sees Voldemort in the Ministry of Magic that, and then promptly resigns after that, that's what's going to be. But this is, that's, that's basically the evidence. That's the evidence that's been presented. So I don't understand. I don't want to understand. I've said that multiple times about multiple facets about this entire case. I don't understand why this is not bigger a, a bigger deal. Are they not even paying attention to this? And that's where it becomes. Uh, well, the media where, sucks. Never the, ask the right questions. They yeah, never ask about and, it. And that's where this this is. We had that clip of John Fowler. Roberts walking in and citing the L.A. Yeah. Did, did he ask the White House about it at the press conference that exact same this, day? This hey, is, what are your comments, Mr. President, and, on this serology this of, of, of L.A. County? Did he ask Steve, about this it? This is why there is fallow ground for conspiracy and all number of things. And then when you start going down that path, the Occam's razor just says it's pride. It's malevolent pride. They may never see it, Steve. That's my 
my point. They don't have eyes to see. It's like water from a rock. It's like manna from heaven. It's right there, and they're looking at it. And like, yeah, no, they they cannot see that it's the truth. Shannon, what was the reaction in your state to the? And this, by the way, this is the initial survey. Okay. And what is likely going to happen when they finalize these results is your antibody numbers are probably, if that's their initial finding, your antibody numbers are probably going to go up when they finalize this, okay? When they when they finalize the data. But what was the reaction in your state? How much media did it get? Like in, in the LA County one, the LA Times and all the local media in LA picked up on that. Um, so yeah. what was the reaction in New York State? No, the, the local media in New York State is dead. There is it, everything is so controlled, and they essentially just read the press releases from Cuomo and the state health officials, and then they pass them down to the local level. So everything that's getting out in New York State is happening because of citizen journalists, it's because of uh, social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and it is beginning to to eke out. But New York State is is very severely under a a, a propaganda machine and so it's hard to get that information out but I, I All right, let me help. let me ask a follow-up to what you just said that ties into this because you just told us in the last segment that you foresee next week basically there's going to be a massive protest in that state well then there's some information mechanism that you guys have that gets around what you just talked about right so yeah. is this information getting through to that to that platform or the way that that, that you guys communicate aside from mainstream media in the state I would say we're close to it. We're close to it. And, but the, the problem is that local media outlets are not being pressured by the public at large. Local officials aren't being pressured by the public at large. And so the information is being pushed out through social media. Uh, the, the local news stations aren't really reporting a lot on this. And so people are still... I, but for whatever reason, I don't know if people are having conversations. I don't know if they're sharing information. They're getting, they're getting national information and just pushing it out. But, you know, there there is a crack for I mean, there is definitely something happening in New York that is unprecedented and unusual. This is and this is important for you. What you guys are organizing there is this, is this data, because this yeah. is the data that that takes what your complaint beyond a simple political lament or a, a simple economic lament and can point out it is this it's not only vital for us to do this it is safe and the longer and we're actually restricting the spread of the antibodies to bring our communities into herd immunity which is actually how we live our lives freely and out in the open if and until if and when the miraculous vaccine that they never found for the first SARS could get done see these two stories are actually connected with with your protest well, yes, and this is why the suffering in New York is is so important, unfortunately. It was in that exchange. Here you have a reporter who never really asks any interesting questions during these ridiculous press releases that Andrew Cuomo is doing every day. But now they are faced with people on the steps of the Capitol in Albany. And these local officials, these local news organizations are getting this shoved into their faces mm -hmm. to the point where they have to begin to ask the questions. And then when they begin to ask the questions, that's when you see someone like Andrew Cuomo begin to become exposed but but that's why this up because because people are in New York State are losing their businesses they're not able to bury their dead they are having to to sacrifice their elderly and their loved ones and the infirm into hospitals and they can't see them they're gone for two three days they don't have advocates with them mm -hmm. and so there there is just so much bad stuff happening right now because of the nature right. of the totalitarian lockdown. But this help this is this is a great talking point work for your state 
you're keeping all those antibodies and immune systems. You're locking them down at home when they actually could be helping to spread the overall health of the community by letting them out. See my this point? This is why I'm refusing to wear a mask. Mm-hmm. I refuse to wear a mask. And let me tell you, it is nasty. You go to the grocery store, you go to the gas station, the drugstore, everyone is masked. Everyone. It's the most bizarre situation. And so we're pushing out. This is why we're not wearing masks. Those of us who are pushing back because it, it's pushing that narrative. And, and there's a lot of social media discussion about why the, the masks are useless, by the way. You might as well wear a pinwheel on your head and twirl it around. They, they, yeah, the, they, Dr. Atlas said yesterday they maybe work half the time. Maybe. He's, is that, was that what he said? Something like 53% of the time or something? Yeah. He's skeptical. Yeah. yeah. The cloth masks, masks are zero. I, I've had experts on my show. There's absolutely positively no protection from those ridiculous cloth masks. It's crazy. But they can look kind of cool, though. Although, mm-hmm. in a bank robber, sti- uh, st- uh, you know, uh, stick but, up, yeah, stick them up kind of way. Let's get to the exit question. Next week, when we reach the end of the White House's 30 days to slow the spread effort, what will happen, Aaron? It's going to be extended. Sorry, I just I couldn't blurt that word out. It's going to be extended for another 3,000 days. <laughs> Todd. No, no, it won't. It won't be extended, but it's going to be this ambivalent talking social distancing. And I still don't agree with Kemp. And it's going to be this mushy middle nonsense. Shannon, 20 seconds. Go. Yeah, unless the American people absolutely revolt against the entire narrative, um, it, they're going to try to extend this as long as they can so that they can justify what they've done. So the okay. key is going to be revolt. That's it. Civil disobedience, refusal to comply, and absolute revolt. That's we'll come back to- with issues three and four in a moment. Stay tuned. So we're taking a ton of supplements nowadays, we humans are, for the same reasons that your dog could probably use some, because a lot of those live organisms, those healthy microbacteria, those prebiotics, those probiotics, the vitamins, the nutrients, a lot of those things that we need in our food, a lot of those things get stripped out for mass consumption, longer shelf life. Same thing happens with our pet's food as well. And that's where Rough Greens VitaSmart comes in, all right? They want to put all that stuff back in your dog's food. Now, this is not a new dog food. It just makes your dog's food better. And apparently, it tastes really good, too. At least that's what our dog, Cap, happens to think because he absolutely loves this stuff, all right? So if you want to you wanna see if your dog can thrive with Rough Greens VitaSmart, try the 14-day Rough Greens VitaSmart Jumpstart Challenge, all right? Uh, you can do that for just $14.95. When you go to roughgreens.com, that's R-U-F-F is how they spell it, roughgreens.com slash blaze. It's only $14.95 for 14 days, all right? Roughgreens.com slash blaze, R-U-F-F for roughgreens.com slash blaze. Let's get back to today's group and issue three, the line between tyranny and prudence. There have been many ideas on how to stem the spread of the Wuhan coronavirus. The phrase non-pharmaceutical interventions was brought into the lexicon first by the COVID-19 model from Imperial College in the United Kingdom. Some of their ideas to slow the spread were to intermittently lock down entire populations for months or even years while a vaccine could be developed. 
Of course, if you believe the Chinese and a study out of the University of Hangzhou, the virus has already mutated 30 different times, and adding that to the fact that a vaccine was never developed for the first SARS back in the early 2000s, the lockdown, everything until a vaccine option seems to be a non-starter, at least for team reality. Other non-pharmaceutical interventions now being toyed with is the idea of requiring the use of face masks to lessen the chance of someone spreading the virus. Some places like Illinois, Connecticut, New Jersey, Maryland, New York, Pennsylvania, Texas, and many others already have some requirements for mandatory use of masks. Of course, according to the British Medical Journal in 2015, cloth masks have negligible effectiveness for stopping particles from spreading from your nose and mouth, so there's that. This week, however, the governor of Georgia, Brian Kemp, seemed to take the first steps back from the edge of tyranny and has started the reopening of his state. In Georgia, it's now legal to operate salons, barbershops, tattoo parlors, gyms, and bowling alleys, among other things, while restaurants and theaters will soon have the option to reopen as well. In order to open, businesses are encouraged to take temperature checks, ask screening questions to patrons as to whether they have a fever or are feeling any symptoms of illness, and the limiting of people in shops and salons, along with strict disinfection policies. Seven weeks ago, these policies out of Georgia would have seemed odd and draconian in and of themselves. Well, now, Mama needs a haircut and Papa needs a new tattoo. (laughs) All right, so let's get to the first question here. Shannon, I'll start with you. True or false? You would be fine with the requirement to wear a mask if, in exchange, it meant reopening virtually all of the country that has been shut down. Okay, so I know the knee-jerk answer is to say, yes, I'll do anything. Just let me out of my cage. And so the, my answer to your question is is false. Absolutely not. And one of the reasons I've, I've come to this conclusion, my decision to not wear a face mask in New York State uh, in, in defiance of Andrew Cuomo's order uh, is not something that I came to lightly. It is because I'm concerned about some broader issues here. And the first is this concept. I don't know if you guys, I was in sales and marketing and advertising for 13 years before I started my radio program. And there is this concept of conditioning, you know, in order to get people to a place to what you ultimately want, you start with a series of little asks. And so you ask them to do little small things in order to eventually condition them to accept the larger things that I'm very concerned about. Forced government vaccination, forced medical testing by government entities. Those are those things are very real and they're on the horizon if we don't begin to understand the larger narrative that is at play here. Now, in the case of of the masks, what 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 I'm concerned, first of all, it's ludicrous and it's ridiculous. It's something very silly. But what they've done in New York State, and this is why I think everyone should be paying attention very closely to what is happening in New York State. What they did essentially six weeks ago is begin uh, to terrorize the citizens of New York State, first and foremost, with absolutely false predictions about worldwide devastation in New York State. You're all going to die. This thing is so terrible. And people are absolutely terrified. Then they terrorize them additionally by locking them in their homes and shutting down virtually everything. I mean, people are losing their businesses. We saw the interaction between the reporter and Cuomo. People can't put food on their table. They are absolutely terrifying this population of people, locking them in their homes. There are so many ramifications that, you know, coming out of these lockdowns that people are just floundering, right? So then you say, you get these people locked in, terrorized, afraid, and then you say, oh, well, you know what? We'll let you out. 
we're going to put this panel together and that panel. And, and, and according, first of all, I reject this whole thing about governors opening up the state. They have no business. They have no authority to open up anything. Every person has a constitutional natural right to go out and to move around and to pursue happiness and their liveliness and livelihoods and, and take care of their families. So this idea that we have boards and panels that are going to allow us to open up, screw that. Okay. I have a right right now to go out and conduct my life, and and that's where this discussion needs to go. But what they what they've done is they've terrorized people, and essentially you have a population in New York of people with Stockholm syndrome, and we're willing to do, and this is why everyone's wearing their mask. People were willing to do anything in order to be released from their home prisons. And that's when it gets very dangerous. That's when you can have governments and bureaucracies do incredibly horrific things to people in order for them just to simply, you know, have what is actually a constitutional and natural right. And so I see this a bit as a camel under camel's nose under the tent. Okay. And this is why it's so important to me to reject all of it. All right, Todd, true or false? If the stipulation was much of what we, meaning indoor events, pretty much everything, mm -hmm. okay, could return provided uh, that uh, you were willing to wear a mask to take part in these uh, uh, festivities, true or false, would you be willing to do it? I would not, false. Uh, I would have done it four or five weeks ago if you said, you know, we're, we're going to not panic. We're going to stay open. We're going to take this precaution. I, I could have done that. No problem. But now it, she's right about the conditioning and the deal to get let out of your cage. I said before about medicine, there's people, things can't see even a lot of the really smart people. They've been so conditioned, but on this one, this is actually what they, they, they just want the control and the power. They really get off on that. And they're, and they'd much rather go down that route than simply acknowledge, you know what? It's just time to get on and be grownups with our lives. So I agree with Shannon. All right, let me give you a follow-up question then, because you're someone who advocates putting pro-life legislation on the table that says, all right, fine. Um, uh, we will we will make it legal that you can get an abortion in cases of rape, incest, mm -hmm. or the mother's life at stake, which happens like three times a year in America, maybe. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, we'll give those to you. We're just going to ban the rest of them just to call their bluff, right? Sure. Why not play that same strategy right now? Why not play that same way here? Say, so, okay. All right, all right, let, we'll just kids back in school. Everything's everything's the same as it was before. Get rid of the ridiculous, you know, arrows in the grocery oh. store and everything else. He, we'll wear a mask, okay? So we'll, we'll 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 wear a mask for at least thirty days, but give us everything back. Why not just put that on the oh, table I, and make them call their bluff? Oh, if that's what we're doing, I, I was taking this as literally. Well, I mean, you as can possible. take it any way you want. I, well, that's no, why it, I, that, oh, I like to know how you guys take it, which is why when I want to give yeah. you a certain perspective, I will offer yeah. it. But when I don't, I want to know what your perspective on the question. Oh, is. I'd be happy to do that in the way you're talking about. Okay, I would absolutely be happy to do that. Because I, I think I think exactly the way Shannon does, but I also, from another perspective, I'd offer them that today. Okay, fine, back to normal. We all wear a mask for at least thirty days. Will you take the offer? Oh yeah, I'll present. Sure. They'll just move the goalpost. What's they'll, that? They'll, never, no, they'll just move the goalpost, though. Yeah. You give them that, and they're not going to make good. They'll just move the goalpost again. There's, it's a never, and at some point, you just have to. You have well, to. Just, it is two separate forcing things. Their, forcing their bluff. It's a though. different experiment. Yes, you're forcing their bluff. Yeah. yeah. So Shannon, let me push back on you then, before I let Aaron get the last word. Mm -hmm. If if what do you think will be the end game then? I mean, you really think they're just going to just one day just say, "All right, uh, uh, eject." And it will go from zero to 60 the other way. Don't you think you're going to have to push back a little bit at a time in order to get back to where you were? You really think they're just going to one day just out of nowhere, put their hands up here in the next 30 days and say, we're wrong. Think they're going to do gonna that? 
no, we're going to have to fight tooth and nail for every bit of freedom that we regain right now. But accepting their narrative, it, once you accept the mask and the testing and the vaccination or any of that. I didn't say anything about any of that stuff. I just said mask. Don't add to my question. I just said a mask. Right. But once you then if you accept the mask, then you're accepting the narrative. You're okay. accepting all of the lies, all of the false models, all of the tyranny they've inflicted. They've been wrong about everything. And accepting the mask is, is accepting the lie. Okay. And that's the first step to accepting yeah, the next one. They're, they're not going to make good on this. Even I, I agree with that. I also would offer them the bluff because I don't think they would take it. Because You know why I don't think they would take it? Because everything you're saying is true. Which is why I would offer to, the, to them in broad daylight to let everybody see what's really going on here. But and that's okay. I get where you're coming from because I agree with the vast majority of it. In New York, everyone's wearing masks. And we're still locked down. That's right. Everyone in New York is wearing that's, masks. That, that's, why, that's exactly why I would offer that to them. Because to point to point out the false objection of, of how fake all of this is, that it's not about masks, it's about control. Exactly. Aaron, you get the last word. Go ahead. So I agree. I tend to agree with Shin. We cannot just we cannot just be let back into society by hook or by crook. We have to we cannot afford to lose. We cannot afford to lose this debate. I tweeted back in early March or maybe it was middle of March. If if we even if we get back, let back out in a week to be able to do whatever we want to, but we allow the premise to stand that what we did to stop this virus, whether it's pay attention to the models, whether it's social distancing, whether it's lockdowns, whether it's masks, whether it's vaccine, whether it's anything, when we're talking specifically about masks here, and we allow that to stand like this, this thing that the government, the status told you to do, that worked. I tweeted back in early March that this is going to be used if we do not win this debate. This is going to be used as a tool to bludgeon us for the rest of our lives with the notion that, hey, look, statist control over your lives works. Yeah. Let us do whatever the hell we want to to you for the rest of your lives because you you let us that one time and you believed us that it actually helped us save millions of lives. That's why we can't just win. We just can't just call letting us get back into regular life a win. We have to actually win the debate here. All right, I'm going to skip the exit question because you guys pretty much all answered it with the way that you discussed the topics. Let's get to issue four. The biggest waste of money since... Remember that time when Michael Bloomberg ran for president? That seems like ages ago. Well, now the billionaire has his final bill from his campaign in, and it's a doozy. According to Politico, Bloomberg spent $1 billion on his 104-day campaign, which netted him fewer than 60 delegates. So as Aaron just pointed out, Estimates are Bloomberg spent over a billion dollars to not win any states and only 55 delegates in the Democratic primary. Can you think of a bigger waste of money in recent memory? Shannon. Well, I think everything coming out of the federal government, stimulus one, stimulus two, four billion. And All right, let me, let me narrow it down. Private, someone out of pocket, a bigger out of pocket waste of money in recent memory. Can you think of one? Oh, I don't know. Uh, maybe we'll go back to Bloomberg and the $10 million that he's now investing in New York State for a contact tracing program uh, in New York to monitor every New Yorker and all of their movements. So hopefully that will be a waste of money and he'll okay. be as big a leader on that one as this election. What do you think, Todd? Can you think of a bigger out-of-pocket waste of money in recent memory than this? Nike's embrace of Colin Kaepernick. It helped their stock price. It's still a colossal waste of money. All right. Aaron. Uh, paying for the the latest iPhone. 
What does that even cost, by the way? I think I still have an iPhone can, 8. What are they on now? The, so if you get the like the top line max storage yeah. newest phone that they have, it can run you in the uh, upwards of a thousand bucks. Really? What, I believe what, so. What number are they on right now? I don't even know. See, it used to Apple. I'm I'm not. Don't don't get me started. Because I always just get I always just updated every few years to just to add it be cheap and not pay the huge price out of pocket. So I don't know what a new one costs, and I don't even know what number they're on. So I think I have like an eight is the one I have. Let's get to predictions. Shannon, go ahead. I think that sales of um, bullhorns and Gaston <laughs> flags are going to uh, skyrocket in New York State as we begin our protest. Viva la resistance, New York. But yeah, we're organizing. All right, Todd. Well, I'm just going to take a devil's advocate. I know a lot of Packer fans are upset about this Jordan Love thing, but this could be just a brilliant PSYOPs project. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is that vein. He really is. And because of what he will view as this is an affront to his humanity, like when somebody said you're not as tall as I thought you were and he just went all gangsta, uh, he's actually going to win the MVP next year because of this. Holy crap, is that a bunch of Homer BS spin respect. Aaron. Uh, Iowa under seven is the lock of the year. Under seven what? Wins. Un- under seven. In football. Is that, is, that, is that a blood alcohol level? You got to clarify. You meant wins for the wins season. Wins for the season in football. I feel like I need to do another one now because I really don't want to pander to Aaron. I put this prediction in two days ago. Before you even knew Before what I even knew what the draft was yeah. going to happen. But I, I, the dude code says I have to stick with it. Clyde Edwards Hilaire of LSU is going to end up being the best running back in this year's draft because he is such a weapon catching the football out of the backfield. Um, And like Alvin Kamara, he can impact a game greatly without the wear and tear of carrying it 20 times through the line of scrimmage, except he's built thicker than Alvin Kamara as well. And then your Chiefs go out there and draft him at the end of the first round. Mm-hmm. I see Chiefs fans upset with that. Oh, are you kidding Why? me? That's a, what, what he, he is a perfect fit for that offense. Exactly what they're looking for. He's going to be a, he's going to, he's a first round fantasy pick next year, I believe. Yeah. In terms of, well, did you, were you the one who uh, compared him to Christian McCaffrey? I'm seeing no. some, some com- I, they're different players. They're vastly yeah. different players. Yeah. They're McCaffrey's bigger, more of a traditional yeah. tailback. He is, but in that system, exactly what they're going to want him to do catch 10 balls or eight, eight to 10 mm-hmm. balls run it 10 to 12 times yep. and 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 the most important down in the nfl third down go back and watch the lsu alabama game how many plays in that game he made on third down and just to he you, won that game for ju- lsu just to give you an indication did you know what a damian williams was at this time last year i i did because of what he had done in the playoffs the year before yeah. when uh uh, what, after what's his face got suspended, but most mm-hmm. people did not. Yeah, yeah. He's he's more explosive so than they, Damian Williams. If the Chiefs and Andy Reid can do that with a Damian or a Daryl Williams or any Williams, I think they're going to be okay with it. Shannon, guy. do you have any idea what we're talking about right now? Nope, nope, nope. I don't even know what you're talking it. about. No, that's because you just buried yourself in your own BS with that awful uh, Homer fan spin take that even I got to call out. What was that, Shannon? Go yeah. ahead. Dr. Joy's ears perk up when he hears you boys talking about sports. He's like, wait, wait, Steve, Day, they, they know about sports. They talk about sports. So you might get a new fan and my husband. We, we would rather be talking about that uh, than what we're talking about right now. Shannon, good yeah. to see you. Thanks for joining us as always. All right. right. Thanks, guys. We'll you bet. You. Keep us up to date on what happens with that uh, with that protest next week in I New will. York State. I we'll will. come back. Feedback Friday is next right here on Blaze TV radio and podcast. Don't miss it.
with Hour 2, live and on demand on Blaze TV radio podcast. I'm Steve Dace. If you do like the podcast, by the way, please consider leaving us a five-star review if you haven't done that already. Please keep piling those up. Thank you to the thousands of you that have done that for us already. Keep doing those, by the way. And if you haven't done one yet, what are you waiting for? It's not like you have anywhere else to go. And we need the help. The more of those we get, the more it helps the show to grow. So again, thanks to all of you that have chipped in with the five-star review already. 888-900-3393 is the number. That's 888-900-3393. Steve at stevedace.com is how you can email us. That's also, you can like us on Facebook. You can follow us on Twitter. And if you're looking for uh, clips of this show that you can sample and share with others, go to youtube.com slash Steve Dace. That's youtube.com slash Steve Dace. Hey, if you're wondering, what do I do with my college-interested, college-bound kid? The ACT and SAT has been canceled this year. Let me give you a third option, because the the SAT and ACT are run by a bunch of lefties anyway. You want to look at the classic learning test. Now, they were already uh, developing a pilot program to do this all online. They were just going to launch it next year. It's been in development for quite a while. But they've decided they're going to launch it right now in order to make themselves available for you and your student this spring. All right. And most importantly, they're making that CLT available to students via remote proctoring at home. So if you want to take advantage of this during the current pandemic, because a lot of America's students and parents still don't know about CLT as a third option, although there are tens of, there are, I'm sorry, there's hundreds of colleges that already are utilizing this uh, service. Now you can take advantage of it as well. All right. If you want to learn more or the clock is ticking, April 25th is the, uh, the, the, the deadline for the college entrance exam on April or the April 29th CLT 10. So April 25th is the official college entrance exam. April 29th is the CLT 10. That's just around the corner, all right? So take advantage of this right now at cltexam.com. Both exams can be taken from the comfort of your own home. Go to the website right now because those dates are coming up fast. The 25th is tomorrow, the 29th in just a few days. cltexam.com. Let's get to Feedback Friday. And... I'm doing my best. I'm sorry. And and it's a good problem to have. The volume of email that we are receiving right now is insane. And that's a good problem to have. I'm doing my best to keep up with it as best I can. So uh, bear with me. But keep, e- keep emailing me. Even if it's something you're like, you've probably seen this 10,000 times. I'll give you an example. This morning, a guy sent me a note. Hey, did you know that there was a... Do you know what the... I think it's called the CES... Do you know what the CES convention is? And do you know that that was held in Santa Clara County in the first, right after the first of the year? I'd never heard of it before. So I went online, looked it up. Sure enough, it's the largest business technology convention in the world. Now, next year, it's in Las Vegas. This year, it was in Silicon Valley, which is in Santa Clara County. People, tech, not tech people from all over the world descended on Santa Clara County right after the first of the year. It was January 7th through the 10th was when it was held. And we had that news a couple days ago, right? Our first uh, case, of earliest case of COVID-19 death, early February, Santa Clara County, community spread, not an extraordinary traveler. And now you've got this event that, w- that took on conventioneers from all over the world in the tech industry. In early January, I mean, 
those are tidbits we need. Okay, so I don't, I don't, I'm getting so much now, I can't see everything, but I still get to see most of it. I try to respond to as much of it as I can, but, but email us everything. We don't respond all the time and don't take it personally. I can't. And oftentimes if I don't respond to you, it's because 50 other people sent me the same thing. Okay. But that's how you guys help us to stay sharp and stay informed. So by all means, keep it coming. Okay. A big theme in my inbox in the last, I'd say 48 hours. It was a, it was a bit of a theme 24 hours ago. It has been quite a theme in the last 24 hours. And I, and I can see this, people that are ardent supporters of the president, uh, from, from Jesse Kelly to American Greatness, there's a lot of frustration with the president's messaging of the last couple of days. And the first day, when, you know, the, uh, we gave you the context of there's kind of an axe to grind between him and the governor of Georgia, and we don't have a dog in that, hunt. you know, we, uh, we don't know who's right, who's wrong, and we don't care. That's just the background. But it continued on into yesterday. And yesterday's press conference, folks, was just, I don't know how to tell you this other than it was just a disaster. That one clip early on where he owned some media D-bag should have just shut it down right then, walked off, and see you tomorrow. Unfortunately, this thing went on for like an hour after that, and it just got worser. My fault, clearly. We've I, already... I'm blaming you. Uh, you jinxed it. You let it out yesterday publicly for the first time. Former Never Trumper, you're, you're, support, you're voting for Trump this fall. You cosmically jinxed this, Todd. I think I did. And then he went, he went right out there and did whatever in the Sam Hill that was yesterday's press conference. Because okay? yesterday was also one of the... I've been watching most of the press conference, but we had beautiful weather. I went out on a jog. I come back. You weren't my... alone. Most of Des Moines yeah. was out yesterday. I come yeah. back and I check my phone. I'm like, what? the hell what did i unleash yes what did i do i'm blaming it on you that's fair okay totally fair. i mean it, it was just surreal man you know that study that they didn't want to publicize that yahoo broke that story a few days ago that department of homeland security has a study out that shows the coronavirus doesn't like sunlight right i mean we told you this weeks ago on this show studies that go back a decade already had pointed this out and then the Department of Homeland Security wouldn't wouldn't verify to Yahoo that they had this study and they came out yesterday and confirmed it. And then like right after that, he goes up there and says, well, you know, we may extend these uh, lockdowns into the summer. I mean, it was just odd. And, and I don't care about the disinfectant and the UV. That's all that's all shiny object. Don't get fixated on that stuff. That, that's the stupid stuff the media wants to focus on. The real issue is is after telling us that, that yeah, our our top dogs believe that sunlight's bad uh, for SARS two coronavirus, then turning right around and say, so what do you think about a lockdown through the into the summertime? That's the part to get interested in and, and get frustrated with. And looking at my inbox, there is some frustration. There's some frustration, and it ain't just my inbox. I've seen several people that have a far longer standing, consistent and ardent support of the current president than I do. And their feeds like are very similar to what I'm seeing. And so along those lines, I got this email from, uh, from Lee. Several of you sent this email, but I'm gonna choose Lee's because I, I like the way that he worded it. He says, I understand the Democrats. I understand why they want the economic lockdown of America to continue. I understand why they want to destroy ec America economically. And utterly. I understand that. When America is economically destroyed, 
there will only be a great impoverished mass clamoring for help. The egalitarian dream realized. It matters not that all will be equally poor, only that all will be equal. Reminds me of the old line Rush Limbaugh had back in the day that the left's goal is to create equality by spreading misery. Remember that? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe you got that from Thomas Sowell. Whoever that originally was from, brilliant. The economic of this destruction of America is their real reason for continuation of this lockdown. Death of the vulnerable is a non-issue to people that promote abortion. I understand where the Democrats are coming from. He says, I oppose it, but I understand it. That's why I oppose it, because I understand it. What I don't understand, Lee writes, and he writes this after witnessing these last couple of days. How has Donald Trump been captured by the Democrats? I don't blame Trump or anyone he writes for the original lockdown. We did not know originally what we were dealing with, but now we do know better. And the COVID-19 virus is a very small threat to the healthy overall. In fact, if you now take the original New York City Department of Health numbers, just quick little aside, the original New York City Department of Health numbers was that only 4.9% of the deaths in New York City were to people under the age of uh, or 44 and younger. But if you factor in now the serology study of New York City, that widely grows the amount of infected. And now it drops it to like 0.01% of the deaths were people under the age of 44. And, and it now makes the average age of death in New York City 80 is the average age of death. The case fatality rate in New York City drops to 0.6. Never in a million years, not even in our most important populated city in this country, would we have shut the country down for a case fatality rate of 0.6. Never in a million years would we have done that. So I just wanted to add some context to what Lee is talking about here. Lee says the solution should be to release the healthy to go back to work while continuing protection for the unhealthy. This has become obvious. Does Trump not understand? Possibly he understands and calculates he must play along with the Democrats for just a bit longer. Extend the lockdown just a bit longer to increase 2020 re-election chances. I can promise you his internal data says the exact opposite. I promise you this is, I know this. I won't tell you how I know it, but I, I, I do. His internal data is, is telling him that this is not helping his reelect at all. It's not. The exact opposite is what his data is telling him. Whenever he allows reopening, he will face the hysterical shrieking of the Democrats and their mainstream media puppets and fellow believers for the increased deaths that will occur. Maybe he calculates that a longer period of lockdown will buy him some sympathy from the public, enough to allow his reelection. But the longer the lockdown continues, the greater is the damage to the future of America. So, Lee, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm not going to attempt to psychoanalyze. We don't do that very often anymore on the show. I used to do it too frequently, especially in the iterations of the show before you guys came along. And often the dumbest analysis I had uh, was attempting to psychoanalyze people from afar. So I've almost with little, with few exception because the, it's just so obvious. I've, I've given it up for Lent perpetually. Uh, distance psychoanalyzing, <laughs> okay? I'm not gonna do that. I'm just gonna go by what we've actually seen. And, and to answer this, actually, I'm gonna use myself as an example first. 
I mean, the amount of fan mail that we are getting right now is um, by far higher than we've ever received. Now, I, I didn't set us out on this road for that reason. I had no idea how people were going to react. But we do very little on this program in calculation of public reaction. And when we do, it is never about do we follow this truth or do we communicate it? It will be, is there a better strategic way to communicate it, assuming what we think the reaction to it will be? Meaning we don't, it doesn't ever change the substance of what we do on our show. It may change the approach and the style in which we do it. We do, we're not idiots. Well, not all the time. I mean, there is some strategic thinking that happens here, but it's never about, well, we can't talk about that. People can't handle it. It's always like, hey, how do we make, can we make this more, um, more, hand, more handy? Is that possible? That's the conversation we have. But the amount of fan mail we are receiving right now has never been higher. Um, it's really encouraging to get all your notes about how you guys are proud of what we've done that we've helped your sanity, that we've, get, we've armed you with real ammo, not sentiment, but facts and data to share with others. And just as that st stuff encourages you, you letting us know that it encourages you encourages us, okay? I have very little doubt that over the last month or two of this show, we have been doing the Lord's work. I have no doubt of that. But let's make sure we all remember how that last sentence was constructed. I said, I have little doubt we have been doing the Lord's work. I did not say he was doing ours. That's, a, that's different. It's the old Abraham Lincoln line. I'm not saying, sir, that God is on our side. I'm trying to see if we're on his it is the Lord's work, not ours. The victory is the Lord's, not ours. Speaking just for me personally, I'm doing the Lord's work right now. I really believe that. I'm also the same guy, though, the same guy that comes in here and does the Lord's work on a matter of such vital importance. I, I is the same guy that can get into an argument with one of his teenage kids and be in the wrong is the same guy that can just be in a bad mood and not really be able to explain why I'm just not feeling social today, not having it. The same guy that uh, can still let his tongue get away from him can still lose his temper every now and then still doesn't want to notice the hot chick in the yoga pants. Okay? I, I'm not a hero. I'm just a guy named Steve. And if I wasn't willing to do this work, then somebody else would have just done it instead. Nothing is better or different about this we're not any further along in this battle to get our culture back 
because of the work I have done, but because it is the Lord's work. And if I had not done it, just would have had somebody else do it. See, this is the great, this is the great distinction we don't understand with, with problematic politicians when we compare them to King David. And usually that debate falls down into another binary choice, which is we just let everything go. I mean, look at all the bad stuff King David did or what King David always repented. It's more than, it's really neither one. King David repented. You know why he always repented? Because he repented over and over and over and over again. Because he did terrible stuff over and over and over and over again. (laughs) He wash, rinse, repeat. But here's the thing David never missed. It was more than repentance. It was realization. Read his Psalms. Read his imprecatory prayers. You need to do, I'm your servant. You should deliver me. Who, who is the alpha in the relationship to David? Who's the alpha there? Who's he, who's he saying is the alpha? The Lord. The Lord is. That's a realization. See, just like the Ten Commandments starts with, there's only one God, and then the next one, don't make any other gods. And then, you know, they kind of work their way down from there. If you nail six, seven, eight, nine, ten, but forget one and two, it's worthless to you. You just did behavior modification. Congrats. You're a great Victorian moralist, but you didn't, you didn't get the message. There's a reason why those are the first two. If you get the first two right, you're gonna get, you can take care of most of those the rest of the, the rest of the time. And then when you break them, what'll make them right is remembering the first two. Okay? It's not just he got away with everything or he repented. It's that he never lost the realization. It cost him his son. He gets up the next day. The Lord giveth basically and the Lord taketh away. Just, you know, basically channels Job. He never loses the realization of who is ultimately in charge. That's the brokenness God can work through. Is that Do you recognize the chain of command? I've never even looked at another woman lustily, but I manage my business affairs like I am the master of my own domain. God can't bless that. Won't. Because you're not the master of your domain. You've lost the realization here. Who's in charge ultimately? And I'm not any better of a person than I was a month ago. I'm the same sinner that needed saved by grace that I was a month ago. And I think as, as at a moment that our show was growing at a vaster pace than it has maybe ever, as is my profile, that needs to be reiterated and reset and reminded. I, I am Steve. I'm not the hero. 
This is the Lord's work. A community college flunky born to a 15-year-old mom is here because he's willing to do it. And don't and 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 the lesson you learn from King David's life, what the amount of grace God will pour into your life despite your brokenness. If you remember that realization is incalculable. And if you wonder sometimes, hey, I perform better morally in this area than this person does, and yet look, God's blessing that person. That question alone shows you've lost the chain of command and the realization, like you're owed something. You're not owed anything. Nothing. None of us are. And how that applies to Donald Trump is, I don't know why we do it. Maybe it's just old-fashioned idolatry to some extent. But we have this need to believe that the politicians we like or really like or kind of like or are willing to put up with, whatever, wherever you're at on the, on the spectrum with Donald Trump or any other politician, that suddenly we, the, the obvious faults are not there. And they're like mythical figures and heroes. And then what happens is we set ourselves up to fail. See, I, I don't think the Democrats have captured Donald Trump. I don't. I don't think he's actually any different than he's been the whole time. It's just I think a large group of us didn't want to see it. Because it wasn't enough to say, this guy could really use a savior. But I'm glad he's not a communist. See you in November. We, how many people are capable of that level of adulting? Not many. Instead, this became a, a, we're on year five of Cheeto Jesus saves or orange man bad. I took a, a shot at you and good fun earlier today on Twitter. I loved it. Like we talked about just a few minutes ago, how you basically jinxed us yesterday. Yes. And, you're, and you were telling me as I came in this morning, like your feed oh, just yeah. became a repeat of that entire debate yes. all over again. Proves my point. Yes. The double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. I got a tweet from somebody today. You can't be a prisoner of the moment and re just react to what tr Trump says in a given day. I, I disagree. I would do the exact opposite. Trump is actually a prisoner of the moment. It is entirely possible, folks, that he is going to go out there today seeing how much of his base is pissed. That he will go out there today four score and seven years ago. <laughs> I mean, it's entirely possible he might, we shall overcome. Is that possible with Donald Trump? Absolutely. Abs if you pay attention, it absolutely is. The beauty of Donald Trump, as well as the frustration, he's like the weather in the Midwest, man. If you don't like it now, it can it can change in your favor soon. That's why you have to stay on him all the time. There are politicians I know of one right now. We are, I won't mention who it is. We were talking about them during the break. I know of one right now that got hounded by the simulation by the simulators at the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. They were all over this person thinking that they could bully this person. That was the wrong tactic to take with them. 
If they would have approached this person with reason, they might have agreed to keep their state locked down longer, but they didn't. And by bullying this person, this person essentially is going to flip them the bird. People are different. Coming at me like that won't work. I'll just go the other way too. But absolutely, if you come at me and say, hey, I think you're wrong, let me tell you why. Have you, has there ever been a time you've done that to me? I've not listened to you. No. But if you like step to me right away, like, you know, like Buffalo stance, I'm like, I'll just, you know, I'll take the wrong position just in spite, which is not a good feature, by the way. That's another, that's another bad trait of Steve, but it is Steve. Okay. <laughs> you, I think part of the frustration some of you have especially because he's been a better president than probably any of us thought he was going to be to some degree. Is you kind of forgot this is still the grab him by the hoo-ha guy. This is still, I'm, dude, I'm, I'm tapping a porn star while my, you know, my wife's nursing at home. You know what I'm saying? This is still the guy who's like, well, I thought about rebuilding Atlantic City. It wasn't going to make money, so let me file bankruptcy. Those things shouldn't take away from any of the, the things he's done as president for you that you support. You should still support those things. But you need to factor those things into your analysis. Trump is a guy that responds to being leaned on, which means your play with him should be to lean on him. I respond to reason. If you show me that your position is better than mine reasonably, I will change my position. And I think, I think we've kind of forgotten, especially because of who he's up against in these press conferences every day, the level of dumb, the level of vanity, the level of immaturity. It's just, it's so hard for us as human beings not to think that by comparison, Trump must be Ivanhoe. And I think it's important for us, if we're going to self-govern, not to lose our perspective about people. Donald Trump's natural habitat is chaos. He enjoys it. He's inhabited it his entire public life. Approaching him with, uh, Mr. President, sir, I was studying an alternative model. I don't think that gets his attention. I, I don't. What the hell is going on around here? I think that gets his attention. And we've seen that. Have we not seen that? We have. We have. Which is why... I would, if, if that approach did not work with him, you know what I would not advocate you to continue doing? That approach. I would, I'm advocating the approach that has demonstrated works. It's demonstrated that it works. So go and do likewise. And, and then don't forget, this is, this is still just a man. Winston Churchill may have saved Western civilization. He had made numerous political miscalculations and mistakes. That's why when they came to the end of what they thought was the British Empire, everybody that hated him in both parties was like, just make Winston the prime minister and let it fall on his head. Nobody can stand him anyway. Now we look at it like, can we name our kids after him? Don't lose sight of the fact we're just human. And I, I really don't think what you've seen the last two days is different than what we've seen the last five years. 
He is often moved by who has the most recent compelling argument in front of him, particularly if they bring that with a lot of pathos and passion. He's moved by that because that's his own persona, how he responds. The squeaky wheel gets the grease has probably never been more true with a modern U.S. president than it is with this one because he's so instantly accessible to it. He's on Twitter all the time, right? He's a, he's a product of mass media. He was a mass media celebrity before he got elected. Admitting his faults and then strategizing on how to reach and influence him in light of those faults doesn't mean you're, you're, you're not a loyal constituent, it means you're an effective American. And I think that maybe we kind of just forgot. This guy can be a little flighty. So the good news is when he's way afield away from where you want him to be, turn that flighty into your advantage. Get his attention. So just as I told you a couple of weeks ago, hey, let those people at the White House know you've got their back while they're trying to pivot to reopening the country, now's a good time to let the president know yesterday's dog ain't going to hunt. That is a no, sir. No, no, we're not doing that. Back on, the, back on the narrow road, Mr. President. All right, redemption is always just one White House coronavirus task force away. All right, we'll come back with more here on Feedback Friday in a moment. Be honest, since the uh, lockdown started, has your weight loss goal for 2020 fallen by the wayside? Well, now the warmer weather is here. How about hitting the reboot button on 2020? Declare May 1, New Year's Day 2.0, and get back on track with your weight loss goals. Doctor-developed Riduzone is an excellent way to curb cravings for the fattening foods that derail your discipline. All right, backed by two U.S. patents, Riduzone is the only FDA-accepted product that includes OEA. That's the naturally occurring molecule that helps you feel full faster and burns stored fat while reducing your calorie intake. So Riduzone makes it easier to resist those cravings that make it so much harder to lose weight. If you want to give this a shot, this is where the battle is. Take it from someone that has had to do this over the years, lost well over 100 pounds. It's not what you're eating, but how much of it it is well sometimes it is okay sometimes for example like higher fat foods are better for you than the lower fat foods but most of the time it's how much you're eating it's not the fact that you bought a snack sized bag of kit kats and the new mint ones are phenomenal by the way have you tried those no no oh, they're great it's not that you bought one of those snack sized ones and you had two or three today it's that you bought one of those bags and had the bag. That's the issue, folks. Okay, that that is the issue. All right. So Riduzone can help you with that. All right. R-I-D-U-Z-O-N-E. Riduzone.com. That's the website. R-I-D-U-Z-O-N-E. Use the promo code Steve and get up to 65% off plus free shipping. Up to 65% off plus free shipping when you go to Riduzone.com. Promo code Steve. Let's continue on for Feedback Friday. I'm going to withhold this person's name and location. You'll see why in a moment. I am a physician vascular surgeon regarding the discussion about cancellations of elective surgeries. 
We have gone through the process in each department in trying to decide what is elective, what is urgent, and what is emergent. Example for you. If a patient comes in with peripheral arterial disease and a diabetic foot ulcer, which shows no immediate signs of infection or sepsis, the case may be designated as elective bypass surgery for healing, even though risk of losing the limb uh, would be an elective amputation or, or, or losing the limb or would be an elective amputation. This could be delayed, but if we do not do revascularization, such as angiograms, angioplasty, bypass surgery, etc., then the non-infected wound may develop into an infected wound uh, and sepsis, which the patient presents to the emergency department and has to be intubated and supported with a ventilator and maybe lose their leg. I've watched the news, papers, and media. have not seen one discussion about a hospital being overwhelmed at this time. I've not seen one report of a hospital having to send patients to another hospital because they're overwhelmed. Yet the United States government and Medicare and Medicaid are holding hospitals hostage in trying to ration health care at a time that they do not need to. Here in my state, and again, I'm going to withhold it, we have had a few cases diagnosed, little death, and the hospitals are not even close to being overwhelmed, but we are having to take up hours upon hours of people time to discuss healthcare rationing. Isn't that what we said that Obamacare was trying to do? Mm-hmm. That's what coronavirus care is doing. You see more cutbacks today at Mayo today? More of them at Mayo? Did you guys see that story? Yeah. I did not. Yeah. Let's finish this email. Prior to corona, he says, a patient with a chronic cough and needing their gallbladder out could have a surgery. Now too much of a risk of having a respiratory complication and needing to leave the patient on ventilator support. But still a chance they'll be back in the ER with a worsening infected gallbladder and need to have ventilator support because they worsened when they weren't treated. We have gone from taking care of the patient to rolling the dice. If we are to allow a patient-physician relationship, then let us have our autonomy to make those decisions within our individual healthcare regions. The press and politicians are treating the medical community as if we are buffoons, knowing nothing about infection and patient risk. This goes along quite a bit with a conversation I had with a neighbor of mine a couple of weeks ago who's a physician here in our local community. And no, that's not who sent us the note because I don't want to get him in trouble. But no, I'm going to withhold that name and location. You guys, Aaron, let me go to you because your yeah. wife is a healthcare provider. Yep. All right. What are your thoughts on that email we just read? Uh, right on the money, which is why it, these governors that are starting to open up their states, they have to make it part of their messaging. They have to make it part of the messaging. If you are ill and with something that's not going away, that you can't figure out what it is, and this is odd for you, say something uh, sharp pain in your stomach that's just not going away. If you have a heart attack, uh, if you fall and break a bone, uh, you need to go to the hospital. What good are hospitals? If nobody goes to them, if they're too afraid to go to them, that's why the messaging has to change. Because, guys, appendicitis, uh, heart attacks, octogenarians falling and breaking a hip, those didn't just stop. Those didn't just stop, guys. I've never even thought seven about that. Seven weeks ago. A woman, an elderly woman, a man falls, breaks their hip, maybe stays at home. I can tell for fear you. fear because of getting coronavirus, I, doesn't I, go to a hospital. I can tell you, my grandma, um, you know, she's, she's older. 
Uh, but she is very freaked out. I mean, she's in good health. She doesn't. She's in good health for her age. She would be probably one of the people. Um, like, I mean, if you're afraid, if you're that afraid, I've heard of stories like this where you, uh, where people are delaying going in for weeks with these conditions, and then by then, by that time, just like you, the the emailer said, the condition has worsened to the point where it could be more threatening or even close to life threatening. Where it, you know, before it would have been serious, but it would have been relatively benign had they been able to take care of it. That's a huge freaking deal. Because it cuts two ways. One, we're being told uh, all of these doctors and nurses on the front lines are heroes. And that is true, especially in a place like New York that got slammed, Mm -hmm. not overwhelmed, but slammed. While at the same time, even in our backyard here, one of the biggest systems, health systems in central Iowa, they're furloughing, they're they're cutting uh, staff hours pretty drastically across the board right now. So we're calling all of these healthcare workers and frontline workers heroes. But they're fearing for their jobs. I know of I know of uh, of nurses in my own sphere who have had pay cuts, pretty pretty drastic pay or hour cuts, I should say, and have completely which lost is a pay their cut income, by another name, which is pay cut by yeah. another name, yeah, and have lost uh, essentially lost their their work right now because of a lack of demand. So yeah, it cuts both ways. Not only on the healthcare side, and the the people we're calling heroes are looking. Most of which are looking for jobs or fearing for their for their jobs and job security right now. And on the other side, people are so freaked out who really should be going to the hospitals for for legitimate needs like the appendicitis. I've heard multiple stories of um, uh, just all of these things are the unintended consequences of completely shutting everything down. And it's not going to go away anytime soon. Chris in Oklahoma writes, once the virus was in the population, it was always going to run its course to some degree. So this cockamamie social distancing lockdown and school closings have prolonged the COVID-19 epidemic and prevented herd immunity. I think the serology studies that have come in, Chris, since you sent us this email, confirm your hypothesis is possible. Absolutely. Um, and now ensures a second wave when we go back to normal. I agree. Well, I, I don't think it assures it. Meaning that if we get out, if we get out there, if you have a late fall or late summer into the fall, the weather stays warm, you have more time to build herd immunity. I wouldn't, I don't think it assures it a second wave at all. Do I think if we, if we stayed locked down another 30 to 60 days, it would assure it? Yes, I do. So it, the, this is now a medical concern for the contrarian crowd too. The contrarian crowd that I'm in, we've always been concerned with the socioeconomic is the cure worse than disease. We've always been concerned with what are the precedents we're establishing here constitutionally. But now that we're getting these antibody studies in, this becomes a medical concern too. We are keeping people locked in the very environments that the virus thrives in, keeping them away from the habitats that does that are that threaten the virus. And then the longer we do the latter, the longer we put off herd immunity at the exact same time. Guarantee, but we can't hide from nature forever, Chris writes. Bureaucrats, politicians, uh, Democrat, Republican, tribalists are all too willing to see everyone in the private sector out of work to avoid the bad PR from the first debt that is going to happen after opening society back up. The only way politicians will end the panic is for us to let them know we are adults, that we can responsibly weigh options. We understand the second wave may be inevitable. We'll do the best we can as individuals to protect and assist the most vulnerable. I don't think our civilization, though, is adult enough for this that's the debate we're having right now chris are we 
The other factor I should throw into about whether a second wave would be as bad, our infrastructure will be far more prepared for that than it was for this one. I mean, one of the things we learned out of New York is, is we, we overdid the ventilator intubations and probably did more harm than good with that. When you look at some of the death numbers there, um, we, we just have more, we have more answers now. So we'll be better prepared. We'll have a clinical trial or two on hydroxychloroquine, for example, and a couple of these other treatments. Uh, the University of Louisville announced one yesterday. I can't remember what it's called. Um, we're just going to have a lot more data for a second wave than we do now. Phil Seacrest writes, the reason these models would never translate into accurate predictions is because they all need to start at the second week of August. That's when most of all the college students arrive to arrange housing and start school. Um, I can't scientifically prove that, but I can common sense prove it. Well, because of the amount, it's over 400,000 Chinese college students that this country um, takes in every year. Why? That's another well, that's a, that's, conversation. That's, welcome to the conscience of a conservative podcast with Daniel Horowitz. Yeah. Yes. Um, now, that would, though, come down to how, what's the earliest that it showed up in China? So if it, if it showed up here in early January, it was in China. That's, that's when China says they had it originally. That, that's not even close. Not even close. But Phil says, I work in manu a manufacturing facility that employs 1,200 people. Most of them have children anywhere from newborn to college. We live relatively close to four college campuses, Penn State, Shippensburg, and uh, Juniata, I think is the other one he says. Many of the kids either live at home or come home on the weekends. I work directly with one that has two sons at Penn State. He first got sick in early September. Myself and several others got the same symptoms about 10 days later. It spread through the plant like a wildfire. We had as many as 300 people out sick at one time. Also, we have several small elementary schools that contemplated closing because so many students were out sick. One school of 135 students had 85 out at the same time. Fortunately, it was still fairly warm into early November, so it mostly burned out by Thanksgiving. But now that we are in lockdown, the two counties that I travel through have very few cases, but the point is thousands of people in that, in that area have already been through this. Again, the serology exams and surveys that we have done since you sent this email, Phil, indicates that is very likely the case. All right? Also, many of my family and friends, as well as my online friends across the country, have been through the same thing and the same symptoms around the same time as we did. Your story, Phil, I have, I've gotten more emails with similar stories, maybe a slightly later timetable, but more emails with similar stories on this than any topic in my career. The amount of people who have a similar story. And as I said yesterday, you don't, and you don't base an analysis and data research on anecdotal data but when it when it when it all when, when a volume of it accumulates and all points in one direction you don't ignore it though either meaning that it's not the it's not the premise the premise that your analysis should start from but it could absolutely confirm your premise once your premise is established Kelsey says, like you, I grew up in Wyoming, Michigan, so I love the don't blame us. We went to public school. I went to the same school as you did. Um, here's a little taste of the corruption that's feeding off this panic. My husband works for the city of Grand Rapids Environmental Services as the operations and maintenance supervisor. His bigwig boss claim, 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 is claiming that Grand Rapids needs relief money because we're suddenly having issues with our sewers and, and pumping equipment due to people flushing wipes. 
Except that's not true. The flows are actually way down. Machines are humming along just fine. When interviewed, my husband told the local newscast that this was totally false information. But they ran the story anyway without my husband's comments. Once again, local media covering for local government, the rot goes all the way down. Is that not essentially what Shannon Joy said the last yeah. hour was going on in New York? They're just literally taking the press releases from the, the, the governor's office, ripping and reading, and that's the news headlines. No questioning whatsoever. One of the that's things- That's not a new thing. No, no, it's not. One of the things our new friend Alex Berenson, and I don't think his politics are the same as ours, by the way. No. But the, the former New York Times reporter said this a couple of weeks ago. When did we in the media view it as conspiracy theory to ask skeptical questions? <laughs> I was always taught we began everything from a skeptical premise, and that's why everybody hated us. We didn't think anything was sacred. We, 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 we critiqued everything. We scrutinized everything. We were skeptical of everything. Now you're telling me that's conspiracy theory is to actually be skeptical of everything? Wasn't that the original premise we started this whole thing called journalism from? Welcome, yeah. Alex, to journalism is magical and not at all broken. We have jackets. Yeah, now, the, now press or journalism is basically polishing the idol on a day-to-day basis hmm. martin writes revival or bust is a mantra of your show many of us have prayed for revival for our broken culture for years but here's my question what if this present darkness is a path to revival as the pillars of culture are shaken family food health wealth jobs possessions homes security etc will we finally seek god first that calamity is it can be a path to revival yes now here's a dirty little secret about revival i've not told you in the past for it's 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 usually the path to revival (laughs) is calamity um it's why you see a pattern throughout the old testament all right um the lord takes his belt off looks at his people and says it's gonna hurt me more than hurt you punishes his people there's calamity revival Last for a while, then rebellion takes his belt off again, right? We see this pattern, right? So the reason why I've never focused on that angle of it, I, I frankly didn't want a show centered on um, calamity peddling, you know? That makes us sound like the global warming alarmists. But the truth, the truth of of... The truth of his, his story, history is that calamity produces revival more often than reformation does because it is rare that we will go through or, and when I say reformation, I mean that small R, okay? Separate from the major capital R event. Um, I mean it in the small R definition of returning to the worship of God the way that he deserves and demands to be worshiped. That's what I mean not the meta event of that had certain theological debates associated with it. Um, we rarely, we rarely get to reformation of our own will. Often calamity is what brings us to revival when the kinds of things you're talking about, Martin are taken away. Gentlemen, you have any thoughts on that or final thoughts about 30 seconds? Go. Well, regardless of whether it's a, a time that echoes the end times or not, you're not called to live differently from one era to the other as a Christian. Live now as a Christian regardless of what the times are. That's what you're called to do. Well said. said. We're going to stick around and do best and worst of the week overtime for Blaze TV subscribers. For the rest of you, we'll see you on Monday. Until then, John 317. This is Steve Dace.
on the Blaze Radio Network.